0: Anxiety shouldn't be your old norm or your new norm. Get the powerful, safe audio system for anxiety over at QuietBegins.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the overwhelmed brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction. Handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about in the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right, I got an email a while back from a hot headed Italian. <laughs> no, she didn't call herself a hot headed Italian. I'm just using that as a fun phrase because I'm Italian and I can say things about other Italians. I'm actually half Italian. Uh, As you know, my last name, Coliani, sounds very Italian. Sounds like a spaghetti dish. So um, I am telling you about this email because she said, how do you show up in life if you have a very expressive emotional nature? I'm going to read you the email in a moment, but... In general what I've extrapolated from her email is asking if she is normal or if uh, it's okay to have an amplified expression of your emotions and uh, she's talking about you know when she has a boundary or a thought that she wants to present that it might come out as more expressive than something like a computer reading text on a screen (laughs) so What I mean by that is she might say, I don't like when you do that, instead of saying, you know, when you do that, it really bothers me. There's a difference there, and one of them has the inflection and the emotion and the body language, and it sounds aggressive to some people. And she's saying, you know, this is who I am. I'm an expressive Italian person. And what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to repress? Am I supposed to hold back? Can I not be myself around certain people that can't handle it? And I think it's a great question. And what's funny is that I'm not your typical Italian. I am a half Italian, and I think I got the calm half. (laughs) I think that I am probably more balanced. That also comes from being a middle child, probably, being the person who likes balance, being the person who likes to keep the peace, just like my mom. I learned all that stuff when I was younger, and that really helped calm me in many ways because I learned uh, some good coping mechanisms. I also learned some very bad coping mechanisms, like people-pleasing and allowing people to walk all over me. There's a big mix of what I went through, just like all of us have gone through and developed our own coping mechanisms and dysfunctional behaviors over the years. I mean, I can't say all of us have done that, but a lot of us have done that. We've developed different dysfunctional behaviors. And when we grew up and moved out of our family home, we brought those dysfunctions into the adult relationships and we wondered why the heck people were leaving us or why we were leaving them or why they were being such idiots. And we may not have blamed these uh, failures, I guess you could say, in our relationships on our past. Everything we do today has an origin in our past, of course, but when something happens that is considered negative, hurtful, angry, unhealthy, we can usually pinpoint it to something that one of us or somebody is not doing in a way that is mutually beneficial for everyone involved, meaning... There's some dysfunction somewhere, and in order to get back to normalcy, we have to hash it out. We have to work it out. We have to talk it out, or in the case of this person, she has to burst it out, <laughs> so I'm making these words up. She didn't use these words, but this is what I imagine. This is how I think, and uh, her email, I'm going to read it in the second segment, but I am interested in like the tempers that we might have inside of us and our breaking point, our threshold of when we reach a point that we need to release a very highly emotionally charged response in a way that might be seen as perhaps erratic, irrational, aggressive. And when we appear aggressive to certain people, they might think that there's something wrong with us. The psychology is interesting because you can have a normally calm and balanced person with another normally calm and balanced person until they get upset, and then they become highly expressive and highly animated and maybe angry. But for the most part, their homeostasis is calm and balanced, or at least, you know, for the most part. That's a tough place to reach for most people, but their personality isn't off the charts. They're... Emotions aren't off the charts every time they have one. It's just that they have their midline. You have your midline. And how do we get along with people if they have these bursts of energy that come out, this emotional energy? It can be tough. And I'm speaking from experience here because I moved in with somebody who's very much like that. She can have a burst of emotional energy. And it was quite unsettling for me when we started seeing each other and moved in together. I started getting to know her personality more, and it was unsettling because I had done a lot of healing, and I didn't want to be an aggressive person. I really felt grounded, and then I met someone who, she herself is definitely one of the most grounded people I know, but she has these bursts, not necessarily outbursts. And not necessarily aggressive, as you know, toward me, but just in general, they can appear as highly emotionally charged. This is something that we can see in other people, and sometimes we might wonder, whoa, what's wrong with them? They are just off the scale here. They are crazy. There's something wrong with them. Some of us might come to that conclusion. And then there are others that might see somebody acting that way, and say to themselves, they're just having a moment. We'll just allow it to pass. And that's a nice place to be. If you are with someone like that, that's a really nice place to be, especially if when you let the moment pass, they go back to a more balanced homeostasis. So if you are around someone that tends to have these highly charged emotional energy bursts, But when they come back off of it, they're normal, they're kind, they're respectful. Can you be in a space in yourself to be okay with it? Because most of the time they're okay. Or do you take that as a major personality flaw and perhaps a threat to you? And because it's a threat, Do you find yourself in a situation that you don't like to be in because they are who they are? And I know I'm hitting some nerves here with uh, highly sensitive people. If you consider yourself a highly sensitive person, then of course, this is going to make you nervous. This is going to set you off. You're not going to want to be around this person and uh, you'll probably want to protect yourself and protecting yourself might mean you're never around that person. And so what I'm saying here is there's all kinds of people out there. There are highly sensitive people. There are highly insensitive people. And everyone else is in the middle. <laughs> so you have all these people on the planet, and every single one of us has a different response to events, has different reactions, and no one is exactly like us. So it is helpful to come to an acceptance that that person is not like me and that person is not like me because when you do, you start to be more forgiving when somebody shows up in a way that you may not like or may make you nervous. Now, I'm not talking about intentionally harmful people. There are intentionally harmful people or just dangerous people that you shouldn't be around. If you're around somebody that's potentially harmful or potentially violent, or you know is dangerous. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone who might have an outburst, someone who might have a temper, and they go off, but then they come back. Those are the kind of people I'm talking about, the people that come back. When they come back, hey, that's great. Now we can get back to work, (laughs) or now we can get back to our family time, or or whatever. And I, I make it sound easy. I know it's not, because you can have a pleasant time With someone and then they have an outburst and it just changes the whole mood it changes the energy of the room you don't want to be near them you're thinking oh my god this just happened (laughs) what what do we do now and they might be thinking well I'm over it so let's move on and I'm good and you might still be stuck I can relate to that when my girlfriend and I have argued in the past uh, most of them have been some heightened emotions some more expressive than others Some a a tad bit louder than others, and then maybe only one or two uh, screaming. There are things that people can do to push us past the edge or just fire back when you can't seem to get your point across or they just don't hear your point or they don't believe your point or they just think that you're a bad person or doing something bad and you're trying to convince them that you're not. This is the kind of stuff that I talk about with my girlfriend. Thankfully, we very rarely argue. We very rarely get into that kind of event. But when it happens, A, I know it's going to pass. B, I know we're going to be back to normal with love, kindness, and respect toward one another. And C, I know that there's a chance that one or both of us could have a burst of energy. And D, I also know that there's no danger. I'm not in any danger. She isn't in any danger. And that it's actually safe to be this way with the person. So when a conversation becomes more energized and more amplified and it's seriously going downhill fast, these things come to mind, making me realize that this too will pass and we will be... A loving connected couple after because we go into it loving one another and unless there's a fundamental difference in our values we come out of it loving one another and we have had values conversations and I should put quotes around conversations (laughs) we've had very heated conversations about things that I value versus things that she values not that either of us are wrong but she has said, why don't you value this? You should value this more. And I give her my reasons and my reasons may not be good enough. She may want me to value something more. And even though I value it, I may not do certain things to show that I value that more. Like I may value a clean kitchen and she may value a clean living room. You know, something super minor that really isn't true. Actually, we both value both. But if she started getting angry with me because the living room wasn't clean, even though I just cleaned the kitchen, then it might become an argument. But why should it become an argument? I don't want to argue about this. I just cleaned the kitchen. I did my part. If you have a problem with the living room, you do. I mean, you can understand how arguments start and where they go. But there's also an understanding that we both have good intentions. So, going into any type of argument or debate, as long as the intentions are good and you both actually do care about each other or whoever you might argue with, if your intention isn't to hurt the other person or make them feel bad, but only to express your point so that they understand it, then an argument can ensue and you can get past it. The trick is separating the person from the temporary event that occurs during the argument. And this is assuming that you're not with a manipulative person, somebody who's being abusive or hurtful or violent or aggressive. Like I said before, this is assuming that in all other ways, the person you know shows up as kind and caring and supportive. And in these temporary moments, they show up differently. Or maybe that's you. Maybe in these temporary moments you show up differently. And it's amplified and somebody's hurt, but you weren't intentionally being hurtful. It's like a scene in a movie or maybe at home where your kid doesn't get his or her way and they say, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And then they run into their bedroom and they close the door. They don't really hate you. I mean, typically, they don't really hate you. They're just having that moment. They have that burst of energy that has built up because they're not getting their way. And if they don't get their way, maybe... Maybe they attribute that to something that you're doing to them instead of doing for them, or whatever. There's all kinds of reasons why a child isn't going to get his or her way. Then you hear these words and they're so hurtful, but you can remember every other moment your child loves you and you love your child if you have children. And so you just let this go as a burst of emotional energy that needed to come out. And when it's gone and everything has passed, you'll go back to a more normal status. As long as that normal status feels good and you're treating each other well and you're loving each other, then the burst of energy can be acceptable. That doesn't mean it should happen all the time. It doesn't mean that you should have to deal with it on a daily basis or a weekly basis. It just means it can happen and sometimes will happen, but I don't think it's healthy if it always happens. I think that it's important to understand some certain aspects of how this can work and how it can't work. With my girlfriend and I, it does work well, even though there are times I said to myself, I can't live with somebody like this during those heated moments. I didn't say it out loud, but I said, I can't live with somebody who does this. But then the moment passes and it cools down and there's some closure because we both got to say our part because when we have a heated conversation or an argument, we make sure to listen to each other. One of the keys to arguing, listen until they're done saying their point so that you can say your point next and hopefully they'll listen too. Works both ways. You both have to listen. If there's no listening, then it becomes a highly stressful event, and you will probably store a lot of negative energy from that and feel no closure. If there is listening, even if you can't reach a decision, at least you were heard. At least they somehow acknowledged it, even if they disagreed with it. That is one of the keys to having a healthy argument. But we can't all do that. And again, it takes two. I'm not saying that. Only one person needs to do that. They both need to do that because you can't have one person controlling the argument or talking over the other person all the time and not letting the other person speak. That's not how it works. One listens, the other one talks, then they listen while you talk and it might go back and forth. It doesn't mean you say, okay, you're next. It just means you give opportunities to make points and say your part. And yes, it can amplify and accelerate and go into a dismal spiral of misery when the argument becomes more heated. But again, it is important that you hear each other's points. So there's some validation. There has to be some level of validation in the sense where you might say, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're saying that X, Y, Z. Again, you don't have to do this every time, but you got to show somewhere along the lines that you heard them you're going to acknowledge somewhere along the line that you're hearing what they're saying. You said XYZ, but here's my point. And then they may interrupt. They may get upset. This is what happens. This is what happens during an argument. You know it and I know it. We go through the argument and we're lucky to get a word in sometimes, but what happens in general during the conversation, during the argument is important because there has to be some level of validation and acknowledgement that allows the other person to feel heard. It's one of the habits of highly effective people, I think, where people just want to be understood. I'm not saying it right, but I think that's pretty much what it says. People yearn to be understood. People just want to be heard and acknowledged and validated so that they know that their point got across so that even if there is a disagreement, it's based on their understanding of what you said instead of their interpretation Of what you said or a twisting of your words and that's when things can really get heated and I've had to experience that myself (laughs) it's not fun it's not easy and you have to get through it and finally when you get through it there should be a moment where you both back off and you let the air settle down a little bit and you understand that there's really not much more you can say or maybe you did say it all And you got your point across and they got their point across. And maybe you did reach an agreement. Maybe one of you said, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. You're right. Whoa, that stops an argument pretty darn quick. (laughs) I never thought of it that way. You made a good point. I never thought of it that way. That's a great way to release some of the pressure in an argument. That's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. Now, it also may heighten their level of energy. Yeah, of course it's a good point, that's what I'm trying to say. And that's okay too because this is one of those moments where we can allow them to have that emotional burst of energy because it's in there. This is one of the benefits of arguing, believe it or not. When there's emotional pressure building up and you don't have any type of outburst or expression, where does it go? It goes into other areas of the relationship. And I'm talking about any relationship family, platonic, romantic. When you have any type of relationship and there's an emotional energy building up in one or both of you, where does the energy go? I'm asking you an open ended question because you can tell where the energy goes by their general attitude, their behaviors their body language their voice inflections you can tell where the energy goes because it comes out in other ways and those other ways can be hurtful those other ways can be destructive to the relationship people who don't argue at all and they're both building up all this emotional energy and it never has an opportunity to come out those are the ones that you hear about on the news (laughs) Those are the ones the neighbor says, he was always quiet. He was always quiet. He always kept to himself. Those are the scary ones. I shouldn't say that. They're not all scary. Some people have a really good way of processing and releasing, and that's fine. I'm not talking about people like that. I'm talking about people that store it, that keep the anger, that keep the upset with them. And it comes out in different ways. They're passive-aggressive. They're snippy. They're snarky. They're, they do things and they say things that you just can't figure out where it comes from because maybe they've never released that pressure that has built up. Or they do have lots of arguments. This happens too. They do have lots of arguments. They do have lots of outbursts, but it never hits at the core of the issue. You can have an argument that never hits at the core, And the anger and the upset or whatever is in there stays in there. If you're not hitting the core, you're just saving your energy for the next round. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Don't get into another fight if you can avoid it. But it's hard to avoid it if you haven't had a release of the energy of some sort. And there are ways to do that. You can look online. How do I stop being so angry all the time? I mean, you could find that kind of stuff. But my method of releasing is attacking the core issue inside of me, even if I'm mad at someone else. And all that means is just asking myself a few simple questions, which can be deep. Why am I so angry? Okay, that's an easy one. Why am I so angry? Because he hit my car. We'll just use that as an example. All right, he hit my car. But why does that make me angry? It makes me angry because that's my car. I paid a lot of money for it. Okay, what's the next question? How is somebody damaging something that I paid a lot of money for a bad thing? Huh? (laughs) What, What kind of question is that? Well, I'm going to ask myself that because I really want to know how I create anger inside of me or whatever upset you're dealing with. I really want to know how it's created. It didn't come out of thin air. The anger originated inside of me for some reason. Okay, how is that a bad thing? Well, it took me a long time to earn that money, and I felt like my life was in danger because I was almost pushed off the road. Okay, so now I have a couple things going on there. I might explore one rabbit hole or the other, but let's just say that uh, I explored the path of money here. Okay, so I worked hard and earned money to buy this car, which is now damaged. What's my next question? My next question or comment might be so what why do you care so much okay that's a weird question why do i care so much because it takes a long time for me to make money and i value the things i buy because i put so much time and effort into it and it's the only car i have and so it means a lot to me and so i can hear myself saying all these things this is all me talking to myself And I heard myself say, uh, it takes a lot of time, and this is all I could afford. I didn't say it in those exact words, but I'm getting closer to some core issues inside of me that are really close to my biggest vulnerabilities. One vulnerability might be that I'm worried about money, or I'm worried that I could lose something really fast, or maybe it's an ego thing. Having a dent in my car means that I'm driving around a piece of junk, and Maybe my dad said that I would never amount to anything and I'm just drilling in, drilling down and asking myself questions and sometimes stupid questions just to figure out where this anger comes from because anger is not about the moment. Upset is not about the moment. You get upset in the moment. You get angry in the moment, but it's not about the moment. It's about something deeper inside of you. This is why arguing can be helpful When you're willing to reflect on why you get the emotions that come up. Because if you're willing to reflect on why you get angry, even though it's obvious why you're getting angry, but you break it down to figure out where the anger comes from, as if the anger or upset was just part of a program that happens in a certain sequence that you could break apart and figure out why you're programmed that way, meaning step one, you're okay. Step two, your car gets hit. Step three, you are surprised. Step four, you're afraid. Step five, you're angry. Whoa. So in step five, I get angry. That's interesting to know. Why do I get angry in step five? And this is where you start your questioning. Um, Why do I get angry in step five? And how come I went from anger to fear? And if you're like me, you're going to explore that. If you're not like me, You'll probably just ignore that. You'll probably just think, I don't want to go through all that, Paul. I don't want to go through all that self-questioning. I'm mad, and I know I'm mad, and I am i have a right to be mad. Yes, all of that's true, but do you self-reflect on why you get mad or why you get happy? Why you have any emotions at all? You might think you know, but I really find it fascinating to explore these emotions that come up knowing they have an origin and knowing that there was a time that they began, knowing there was a time that I had to learn how to be these things, how to be happy, how to be sad, how to be angry, how to be upset, how to be embarrassed. There's always a time that these emotions began, and it's good to know that they're all inside you. Somebody didn't plant them there. Somebody didn't come along and make you angry because you already had anger inside of you. Somebody didn't come along and make you happy because you already had happy inside you. Nobody can show you how to do that. These are already inside of you. You are born with these emotions. And because you're born with them, they are components of who you are that get called on when certain events happen, when you are triggered. When you are triggered, these emotions are called on or called upon, and then they come up, and now you're experiencing them. But there's always a time when you learned how to feel that emotion, and imagine if you learned how to feel certain emotions in an unhealthy way. For example, you're a child and you couldn't get dessert when you were younger, so you got angry. And then you grew up and every time you couldn't get something you want, you got angry. That is not a very functional behavior to have when you're an adult, because a lot of us don't get what we want. But imagine if you carried that with you, if that's how you learned, if that's how you first felt anger, and that became a function inside of you, which in turn became a dysfunction in your relationships or in most situations, you're going to carry that into conversations with loved ones and they'll turn into arguments. I hope this makes sense where I'm going with this because I went way down inside of you and brought it out into... A conversation with somebody else and how something like that can stem into an argument because maybe you get expressive maybe you get highly emotional maybe you become very animated like this person who wrote to me or maybe you're more calm and balanced and either way like I was saying before you have a breaking point and when that breaking point happens what comes out of you and do you go back to your status quo your homeostatic state so that you feel normal again or do you carry it with you or is it the way you're made (laughs) that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment right after this we'll be right back very fortunate to have three amazing meals from green chef mozzarella chicken and linguine memphis style beef meatballs which was incredible i'm looking at a picture of it right now wanting it again and roasted curry pork chops i highly recommend green chef they are a usda certified organic company and they include recipes for paleo keto and plant-powered diets and they contain a variety of organic ingredients. The recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, which I absolutely need, and uh, chef tips and photos to guide you along. They offer a diverse array of meal plans with plenty of options to choose from each and every week. Let Green Chef do the meal planning for you. Let them do the grocery shopping. They send you all the ingredients and do most of the prep work for you as well. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that everyone will enjoy. And we absolutely enjoyed ours. I know you're going to love them too. Head over to greenchef.com forward slash overwhelmed 80. Now, let me spell that for you. Overwhelmed, O-V-E-R-W-H-E-L-M-E-D, the number 80. And use the code overwhelmed 80 to get $80 off. Including free shipping. Greenshef.com forward slash overwhelmed 80 and get your $80 off in free shipping today. Oh, and I have to tell you, this offer for $80 off is effective only until December 27th, 2020. So I hope you got to listen to this when this episode aired and you were able to snatch this deal. And before we head into the next segment, I also want to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And this isn't the kind of therapist that you have to get in your car and drive out there and walk into an office and wait for something. It's nothing like that at all. BetterHelp is online, it's on the phone, it's on video conferencing, it's in their messaging system. It is full convenience, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, and the system is slick. I got to test it out for a couple months. I wanted to make sure that this was going to be a good source for therapy or counseling for the overwhelmed Brain listeners and I'm here to say that I'm very pleased and trust in better help and I know you will too if you're looking for something that's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and you want to talk to a licensed professional counselor who specialize in a number of things like depression and relationships and sleeping and LGBT matters and grief and self-esteem anything that you're going through whatever is preventing you from being happy BetterHelp has a great service. I've already heard from many listeners of the show who have tried it out and are using it now and are very satisfied and are getting the help they need. And I don't really have time to do my own coaching anymore, so this is perfect timing for something like this to be available. I want you to visit BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain, and you'll get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp dot com forward slash brain. All right, welcome back. I said I was going to read you an email. It's about what we're talking about today. And I'm just going to read the highlights here. This person wrote, Thank you so much for your amazing insights and your guidance through the podcasts. Uh, I recently bought your mean workbook and my score was 116. Um, Just so everyone knows, that's the assessment on emotional abuse and manipulation. And 116 out of 200 is a very high score. It's a very high score. I think it would put it in the class C range of uh, emotional abuse and manipulation. So she's telling me her score to let me know what she's going through in her relationship. So there's quite a bit of emotionally abusive behavior going on in there. So that gives me an idea of what she's dealing with. And I'm sorry that you got that score. I'm sorry that you're going through that, but I appreciate you sharing that with me. And she goes on to say, my primary question, what I challenge you to talk about is this. She says, in your love and abuse podcast, you talk about how we all deserve kindness and respect. But how do you do this if some of us have fiery, impulsive Italian personalities, but still the best interest in our hearts? But I just can't keep calm when triggered. I know some people have great control over their emotions and can keep calm. But I personally always get emotional and the temperament comes out in situations with an unkind person. All right. So before I continue, you mentioned one of the key things, an unkind person. So I've already read this and I know in a moment you're going to say that you don't normally have this type of response around other people. Already, you're sort of answering your own questions. If there's an unkind person, then you are likely to be more triggered. But it sounds like you already know how to control this or you don't even need to control this because if they're unkind, then any one of us could get triggered for sure. An unkind person, a disrespectful person, uh, someone who doesn't have your best interest in mind and only cares about maybe themselves or is more selfish than most is going to be harder to deal with and cause us to experience emotional triggers. But I'm going to read on because you're talking about an impulsive Italian personality. (laughs) Let me just clear this up. Italians come in all shapes and sizes and personalities. And just because you're Italian doesn't mean you should uh, feel that anyone is painting a picture of you. I'm sure she's not saying that at all. Uh, I think she might be referring to a stereotypical italian personality and i could be wrong but i'm going to assume it's hey (laughs) what are you doing i've i've got a personality here so it might be that kind of italian and i hope i didn't offend anyone when i said that uh but (laughs) that's what i think of when she talks about an impulsive italian personality so i hope i'm right about that uh she goes on to say i'm probably digging myself into a hole Uh, She goes on to say, I am not destructive with my words or actions, and I don't manipulate. I look out for the best interest of the other person. It's just the expression is dramatic and emotional. I might raise my hands into the air. I might raise my voice, but there are no name-calling or nastiness or rudeness. But I still get blamed that I start the arguments, and I can't keep calm. And They say, look at you. This is how you are. Here we go again. You can't keep your temper down. Look how you're treating me, and that type of thing. They say that I am unlivable with, and I ruin the relationship, and I drive him away, etc., etc. There is no mercy from a manipulative person, and trust me, I do my best every time to breathe and to be the best version of myself, but there is still some emotional response coming from me as a reaction to crafty, unkind communication tactics, no matter how well he presents himself. I feel so extremely guilty that the guilt of me not being able to control myself is keeping me from moving out as I feel my behavior fails. Interestingly enough, the important thing is I observe that there are only very few people in my life that I react to like this. It's the people who have a lack of respect for my decisions and opinions and walk all over my boundaries. Okay, I'm going to stop again because here you are answering your own question again. You are around someone that is not respecting your decisions, is not respecting your opinions and rolling over your boundaries. So no wonder you're protecting yourself. No wonder you might become more animated and more, I don't want to say exaggerated, but more upset. Maybe you have to be this way because if you aren't, you might feel vulnerable in front of somebody like this. You're saying that this person that you're dealing with is a manipulative person and your mean score, the assessment from the workbook, is agreeing with you. It's telling you that this is what you're dealing with and you already knew you were dealing with something. But the assessment really narrowed it down and pinpointed the specific behaviors that were happening in your relationship. And now here you are telling me that maybe there's something that you could do differently to show up differently to a person that doesn't seem to care enough about you to show up for you in a nice way. I want you to remember what I said in the last segment is that when you are quote normal or balanced and peaceful and friendly and kind most of the time and you have these small bursts of energy that what you said aren't even directed at the other person. They're just more animated. They're more fiery and impulsive. If someone doesn't have your best interest in mind and is trying to manipulate or control the situation they're going to use those personality traits against you they're going to say that those are your faults now here's the catch-22 if you decided to hold back and control every emotion which is I'm not telling you to do this I'm just saying if you did it if you were able to not be upset and not get triggered and he saw a noticeable difference in your personality, he's gonna use your new personality traits against you. This is what a manipulative person does. They'll take everything that's known about you, that they've learned about you, and then use those traits to control or manipulate you. And because you have an animated personality, especially when you're triggered, you probably are an easier target because it's a lot easier for a controlling person to say, look at this person, this is what I have to deal with. Instead of accepting you for having a fiery personality, they want to control you regardless of your personality and they pick the lowest hanging fruit. The lowest hanging fruit in this case is your temperament when you get triggered. But you're getting triggered from someone that is being unkind. So your triggers are valid. Your triggers are justified. You're getting triggered because someone is being hurtful to you. And because of that, your animated, fiery, expressive personality is going to come out. Now, I'm not saying that this other person has to deal with that. Maybe this other person that you're talking about doesn't like that type of personality trait in you. Maybe they want to control you because they simply can't stand being around people that are animated, that express, that get upset over being disrespected. God forbid. (laughs) I mean, come on. Who knows why he's doing the things he's doing? I mean, maybe you do. But from my perspective, what's happening here is he is finding the lowest hanging fruit of your personality and picking those fruits and using those against you because he has learned by him pointing out your personality, it weakens you. And this is something that I want you to take with you. I want you to take with you that your personality, who you are at the deepest level, I mean that can change over time, but from your letter, you're telling me this is who I am. You need to embrace that. You need to own it. You need to love that part of yourself because that part of yourself hasn't been loved in what sounds like a long time. If you loved that part of yourself, you would do anything to protect that part of yourself. If somebody else put that part of you down, you would be like, hey, you need to back off. This is me you're talking about. I expect to be respected. I expect to be treated kindly. I expect someone who loves me to love me. If you don't love all of me, then you don't love me. That might be a little harsh. That might be going too far. I'm not saying you have to use these words. I'm saying get into the vibe of owning who you are. Because what's happening now is he's tearing apart your ownership of you. He is picking apart who you are and showing it to you as if they're flaws. But they're not flaws. They're just you. I mean, we all have flaws. Absolutely. And probably all of us can use some minor personality updates and upgrades. (laughs) But it's not up to him to tell you that. It's up to you. This is where ownership comes in. Once you own who you are, then you can measure your results. If you own who you are and you feel good about who you are and how you are, and then other people put you down for that, you're probably around the wrong people. So I want you to be really careful about what you take as truth when in reality it's probably just another manipulation. And I think you know this. but. Maybe deep down you don't know that who you are is perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. You may not be compatible with everyone. When I met my girlfriend, I thought, this isn't going to (laughs) work. She has fire in her belly. She's passionate. And it took me a while to really understand that her fire was passion. And she felt convicted in everything that she said. And she tells the truth. And she cares and she's straightforward she's straight up and I had to do some reflection on that because I had to make sure that I was okay with someone being so direct and when I decided to be okay with it she softened I accepted her instead of resisted her I allowed her to be herself which allowed her to get in touch with herself I mean not that I had any control over that inside of her but when someone is around that resists your personality and how you show up they are usually going to get more and more depressed or they're going to become more of what you don't like it's the what we resist persists model if you resist it persists and it amplifies so if you do this to yourself if you resist your own personality traits You're going to want to come out of your skin more often. You're going to carry what hasn't been released with you, and it's going to become more and more depressing. So I want you to take this guilt that you're feeling of not being able to control yourself and turn it around into pride of being a damn good person and having good intentions and being honorable and oh, well, if somebody doesn't like your personality. That doesn't mean I want you to go around and just push people aside and say, I'm the queen, although you can do that inside your head. Um, But but I don't think you're going to do that. I don't think you're that type of person. You already said, I try to do the right thing. I try to be nice. I try to be respectful. That's who you are. There's no reason to feel guilt there. If you're feeling guilty, it's because he has convinced you that your behavior is faulty in some way. But that's not up to him to decide. That's up to you to decide because what's going to happen is that you're going to reflect and check in and ask yourself if you feel good about yourself. And you have to do so without the influence of somebody else telling you that you shouldn't. I'm here to tell you that you should feel good about yourself because in this email, you feel pretty confident that you're a good person. That's what I want you to focus on. So don't let anyone else tell you that you're not. Because if they don't like your personality, and here's the key, they need to get away from you. You don't need to change for someone else. They need to get away from you. So here's what happens. You get into a relationship with someone, and they have some personality quirk that maybe you don't like. Now, the manipulative person is going to try to change that personality quirk because they don't like it, so they want the other person to show up in a different way. So they'll try to manipulate, they'll deceive, or maybe they'll just be right up front and say, I don't really like that. That would be actually better than manipulation and deception. But let's just say they weren't that up front and they tried to deceive and they tried to make you feel guilty for having that personality quirk. All these little deceptions really play into an unhealthy relationship and create a bad environment and also make the other person feel guilty. That's what I did in my marriage. I know all about this. When I was married, I would give my wife those looks or I would give her the silent treatment when she would do something I didn't want her to do. I think back on that now and I feel terrible that I did that to her because I suddenly developed empathy near the end of our marriage. And I figured out, oh, I'm hurting you. And this is what it feels like. I feel sick. I literally felt sick when I discovered that about myself. But what's happening here? is that this person that you're talking about doesn't seem to want to accept you as you are and when someone doesn't accept you as you are they can do one of three things they can choose to accept you as you are and don't complain anymore because once you accept someone you're you're not allowed to complain because you accepted them and you can't hold resentment because you accepted them you accepting the behavior means that you can live with it you're fine with it so that could be one thing they can do or They could try to change you. That's when the relationship becomes manipulative. And lastly, they can leave. I think that's really the only three options they have available. They can accept and live with it, meaning they don't complain anymore and they're just happy the way things are, whether you change or not. They can try to change you, which is the worst case scenario. Or they can leave because they don't accept your behavior. I always look at the person who chooses to manipulate instead of leave as the emotionally abusive person the emotional abuser doesn't want to accept someone for who they are and they don't want to leave so they stay and try to change and they complain and they act like they're being victimized because the other person's not changing for them and when they do that it makes the other person feel guilty because the person they can't accept feels like they're now the perpetrator of some emotional crime and when that happens you have an unhealthy relationship and Believe me, I come from the side of being emotionally abusive at one time in my life, for a long time in my life, and I played the victim well. And when you play the victim, of course the person that loves you is going to feel guilty. So I want you to feel pride in your personality quirks and your fiery, impulsive (laughs) Italian-ness and uh, know that some people will be a little put off by it and some people won't, and the people that aren't, are your peeps they are the people that accept you for who you are there are people like i talked about in the last segment that might be really put off with maybe your animated style because they're just not used to being around that it's a lot of energy and they they don't have a lot of room for all that energy so they stay away from it and there's nothing wrong with those people either this is just a compatibility thing along with the emotional abuse you're talking about as well And you wrote some more in your letter. I'm just going to read the last part of it so I can get some closure on this letter. You said, from being a caring, giving, empathetic, and kind woman, I turned into this bitter, resentful person towards him. I just don't care anymore. I feel such a deep hurt from the past, and the traits are still there as he's never changed. And I feel like I love him, and I hate him at the same time, and I just need to walk away from this. All right, so thank you so much for sharing this. I know you're going through some difficulty. What's happening here is that over time, who you are is dissolving. This is what I just talked about in a recent episode. It might have been over at Love and Abuse, where the emotionally abusive relationship chips away at you bit by bit until you are hollow inside. And you walk away from a relationship like this as a shell of your former self. A shell. I mean, imagine that. It's just... this shell of who you were and all of your good qualities were ripped out by someone who would rather you conform to who they want you to be instead of who you are so i'm not going to tell you if you should stay or you should go all i'm going to tell you is that you need to own who you are be proud of who you are and stand up for who you are does that mean you stand up to him does that mean you get into an argument i'm not saying that either I'm saying you feel this inside, and whatever happens because of that, when you own this, is what happens. I say on my other show, pick your battles wisely. You don't want to pick your battle with a violent person or someone who has the tendency to be physically aggressive. You want to be careful there. But I do know that if you don't become empowered and confident in who you are and sure of yourself again, that you'll just waste away like this. I don't want you to waste away. In fact, I don't even want you to love him. Hear me out. I don't want you to love him until you fully embrace and love all of who you are. Once you do that, then you'll have enough love to give to others. And you can choose him or not. That's the best time to make a decision to love someone else, is when you have it in you for you. Thank you so much for writing and thank you for tuning in to another episode. I hope this helps. I appreciate you and I wish you much strength through this. I'll be back with my thank yous and goodbyes right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsors today, BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, forward slash brain. And if you go to that website, you'll get 10% off your first month. Go to BetterHelp today and get professional therapy. Very affordable, very convenient. Check them out. And I also want to mention Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. If you've been listening to my show a while, you probably heard me talk about HelloFresh. And you think I'm being traitorous? I'm not. I'm not doing that. I loved HelloFresh, and now Green Chef is owned by HelloFresh, so they offer a wider array of meal plans. And I just wanted to mention that there's something for everyone, and um, they both still exist. I love switching between the brands when my tastes change. So I again recommend you check them out. Go to GreenChef.com forward slash Overwhelmed80. And get your $80 off in free shipping by December 27th, 2020. I also want to thank our patrons of the week. These are the financial backers of the show. I am so grateful for Kim. Kim, you're brand new. Great to have you. Thank you so much. I am happy that you joined. Bob is also new. Good to have you on board, Bob. Thank you for joining. Thank you for your support. Deborah, good to see you again. Steven, Steven's like one of the long timers. He's been around forever. Thank you again. David, great to see you. Brian, Julie, and Daisy, all wonderful. Michelle and Clarissa, great to see you too. And of course, Brad, always great to see your name here. Thank you, patrons. I read off different names every week. If you are getting value from the show and you would like to show your support, you can head over to moretob.com forward slash brain. There you can join the patron membership program and get some private episodes and private workbooks and a video archive. Or you can give a one-time donation, totally up to you moretob.com thank you patrons I am so grateful for you and I mentioned it earlier love and abuse over at loveandabuse.com if you are in any type of relationship where someone is very very difficult to deal with and you leave every conversation with more questions and that weird feeling in your gut and anxiety and stress or just feeling guilty like this person who wrote the email said then maybe you're dealing with some emotional abuse and One way to find out is to listen to that show. Loveandabuse.com is where you can listen to that podcast, and that's also where I have the mean workbook that I mentioned earlier. If you're interested in reading the Healing and Assessment Guide for Difficult Relationships over at loveandabuse.com, it could be helpful if you're in a situation like that. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. You know, I was debating if I should read this review because it's kind of self-serving. Let me take a look. (laughs) Give me one second. I'm going to pull this review up, and it's a review that came on my Love and Abuse podcast. And there's a reason I'm going to read this. Hold on one second. Pull it up here. Love and Abuse. Came into iTunes, and uh, here it is. Here's the show. This This person wrote... Um, have you ever noticed, they gave me two stars, and they said, have you ever noticed how this guy reads, quote, letters from, quote, listeners, and those always contain over-the-top flattery of the host? (laughs) I'm reading this to you because um, what's funny about this is how much flattery and compliments I actually leave out of the letters I read to you. And even that Sounds like it's coming from an egoistic place. Like I want you to think that I'm some superstar with fans that love me. And I, I mean, I, there are people that listen to this show that gain a lot from this show. And I get a lot of messages of people who compliment me and compliment what I'm doing. And, and I've been doing this for seven years. So of course I'm going to have a lot of people that are listening and they're loyal listeners. And some of them listen off and on, but there are people whose lives have changed from both this show and my other podcast, love and abuse. Their lives have changed. And when your life changes, you feel like thanking the person who helped along the way. And if you've been listening a while, you know that I try to be very humble. And when people say, you know, you changed my life. It was because of you that I did this and now I'm happier. I always say, no, you did the work. I try not to take 99% of the credit because all I'm here is giving you information. You put me in your ears or in your eyes if you're reading my blog or whatever you put me there and I said the right thing at the right time that worked for you you took the information and ran with it so you're doing all the work I compliment you I'm flattering you because you have the hard part you have the difficult job of making the changes that work for you that empower you to make decisions that are right for you. You have that work to do. It's not me. I mean, I have information that is helpful to you, and I do my best to stay in that frame of mind because I do get a lot of letters, and it can be very easy to read all these things and go, wow, I'm pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm the best. I keep reading that I'm the best, so I must be. And I never want to fall in that trap. Whenever you think you're the best, you're the greatest, you're perfect, you know everything, you will be tested and you will fall flat on your face. I've done that. <laughs> I've fallen on my face because there were times in my past, not with this show, but when I was married and before that, where I thought I was perfect and that everyone should live up to my standards. Boy, when you do that, your life gets harder and harder. I don't want you to ever think that you're perfect. I want you to think that you're imperfect And own those imperfections and love yourself. Just like I was telling that person who wrote the email, own everything about you and you'll change as you go and you'll figure things out as you go. But you don't need anyone else telling you that stuff. You don't need anyone else telling you what your faults are. I'm just telling you that you're imperfect. I'm not telling you what your faults are. (laughs) I'm just telling you that you probably have stuff to work on just like I do. I might have more to work on that I haven't even discovered yet. That's the beauty of working on yourself and improving yourself is that as you get better, you get better. And better is subjective to everyone. You can look at better in any way you want and wherever you want to improve your life. If you need to work on that, that's what you need to work on. As you get better, you get better. And as you get better again, you get better again. As you improve yourself, you continue improving yourself. And so to the person who wrote that uh, there always seems to be some over-the-top flattery of the host. I'm going to make a guess. I'm going to say that because you wrote this on the Love and Abuse podcast, that perhaps there's two things that might be true. One, you started listening to a show, and I read an email that said that, and you didn't listen to the rest of the show, so you got no information out of it. You just heard the compliments, and you shut it off. Because I think if you heard the rest, it might have been helpful to you. Um, Of course, that could be my ego talking, thinking that I know everything. (laughs) And uh, the second part of that is, you might be a jilted ex or a jilted soon-to-be ex who doesn't like that I try to empower people. I think it might be this, and again, it could be my ego talking, or it could be an educated guess, but I've heard many criticisms before from people that have listened to the Love & Abuse podcast especially because they don't like what I have to say. They don't like the idea of their partner or whoever it is having their own independent thoughts and feeling empowered and trusting themselves. They don't like it. They want those people to trust them and solely them so that there's a level of control. And the only reason I say that this review could be from someone like that is because I've heard very similar things before. And I've been able to verify that uh, certain people that have reached out to me, their partners or soon-to-be ex-partners have found out how to get in touch with me and have sent me uh, not-so-encouraging messages. They've sent me quite hurtful and very uh, mean messages, and it's typically right in alignment with the emotionally abusive behavior that their partners have told me about. And so when I get that message and I feel this twinge of negativity when I read it because it still hurts, I still feel some hurt when somebody puts me down, but then I have to remember who it's coming from, what the source is, and what they don't want to have change in their life. And what I found most of the time is that they don't want their partner having any independent empowering thoughts because everything is going fine as is until I came along as if i were the cause of all the problems in the relationship (laughs) and because they're focused so much on not wanting the other person to change they're going to focus on putting me down instead of redirecting their energy on themselves and asking themselves what could i do differently or better to show up as a better person to support my partner's happiness that's what i would love uh, everyone in any type of relationship to ask themselves how can I show up better to support my partner's happiness? But that only works if both of you do it. (laughs) The person who wrote me earlier probably is trying to do that. But the magic key in that is that the other person has to do that too. You can ask yourself, how can I show up in a more improved way to support my partner's happiness? But the other person has to say that about you as well, making it an actual equal relationship where you're both supporting each other. That's how it's supposed to work. And, uh, To the person who wrote the review, you're entitled to give me two stars, two out of five. But um, I guess I can't disagree with anything that you said. (laughs) You said, have you ever noticed this guy reads letters from listeners? And he quotes listeners like he thinks you're not real. And uh, those always contain over-the-top flattery of the host. Yeah, I did notice that. (laughs) But it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers this person. So I'm going to let it go. And I am so grateful for anyone has complimented me or thanked me for any of the information that I provide. I am appreciative of you, and I compliment you. I am grateful for you. I am over-the-top impressed by you, and I think you're a wonderful person. And before you ask, how do you know I'm a wonderful person? Because I've heard that too. <laughs> I know that because... You, A, listen this long to a personal development show. And if you're listening to personal development, that means you want to improve yourself. And I always am impressed by people who want to improve themselves because that requires humbleness. That requires vulnerability. That requires you to look inward and say, I wonder what else I need to work on. And it also requires an open mind. That's how you step into your power. That's how you get firm in your decisions and actions and are able to create the life you want. I want you to always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And I know that's true because I keep getting messages that say, I didn't think I could do it, but I did it. And I know you can too because beyond all doubt, this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.